Dreaming of Sunshine by Silver Queen Chapter 81 An adventure is only an inconvenience rightly considered. An inconvenience is only an adventure wrongly considered. G.K. Chesterton The stranger blocked our path. He was tall and heavyset, with a thick and wild-looking beard. He was dressed in a red poncho and carrying an axe. The gates of Station 2 loomed large behind him. We couldn't get to them without going through him. He looked distantly familiar, and it took a moment to place him as the other mysterious figure from the saloon in Station 1. He must have come straight here to make it ahead of us. We drew to a halt. What's the big deal? Naruto demanded. He threw out a hand to halt Gamanori, who was placidly hopping along with our prisoners piled onto his back. Sazanami dropped his hand to the hilt of his sword. A gust of wind blew past, flapping our clothes. A lone tumbleweed blew past. Tokichi, the stranger rasped. You're under arrest. Naruto squinted at him. Who's Tokichi? The tension shattered. Sazanami coughed awkwardly. It's me, he said. He's after my bounty. Oh. Naruto realized. That's okay. The whole thing is just a big mistake. Sazanami didn't really do it, and we caught the guy that did, so everything is sorted now. He folded his hands behind his head and grinned. Wait until you hear the whole story. It's kind of a doozy. The bounty hunter looked at him, seeming just a little put out by the change in script. I smothered a smile. We're going to the sheriff's office now, I offered politely if you'd like to join us. It wasn't that I thought we couldn't fight him, but if there was no need, then there was no need. What's your name, anyway? Naruto asked. Are you a bounty hunter? Were you after Ghost and Kugi, too? He started walking, expecting the man to fall into step with us on the way to deliver the prisoners. There was a moment of hesitation, where I thought the bounty hunter would still try something. Then he shook his head and turned. Gatsu he said. Yes, yes. He paused. That's an interesting-looking horse you have there. Naruto gave him a weird look. It's not a horse. He's a toad. Gatsu gave him a look that was so bland it spoke volumes. We made an odd procession, walking down the streets of Station 2. This town seemed a lot more lively than the last one, brighter and more well-off, with a nice collection of temples and shrines. Ah, it's the ceremony of the Golden Bell, Sazanami said, after a loud tolling noise had cut through the air. It's a shame to miss it. The what? Naruto said, settling back down after it turned out not to be an attack. I admit that I had jumped, too. The Maiden Temple has a giant bell made of gold, Sazanami explained. It's the centerpiece to the festival. They move it from the temple out to the belfry for a day, so that people can see it and admire it. He squinted upwards, tilting his hat back. I've heard a legend that it was a key item in the last war, used to defend the border, but I think that's just a story. I looked at Naruto and shrugged. There are weirder things, I said, though maybe we could check it out after. Do you think that's what the guy was after? Naruto wondered, jerking a thumb at the criminals. A giant bell made of gold has to be worth a lot. 
An item so famous and unique would be difficult to sell without notice, Sai criticized, regardless of how much money it was worth. It was a valid point. Assuming that Ghost and Kugi wasn't vain enough to want to do it anyway, simply because the thing existed. He had stolen from the tea country court, so it wasn't like he was afraid of retaliation. Which was a bit of a mistake on his part, frankly. He'd taken things from people who had the ability to hire ninja to get them back. And so here we were. Well, whatever, Naruto said. There's no chance of it happening now. The next step of the mission, depositing the prisoners at the police station and acquiring a confession to both Sazanami's story and the theft, went slightly less smoothly. For one, although he was there willingly, Sazanami was also taken into custody. I expected it, he said, and relinquished his sword to us rather than the police. Please look after this for me. Naruto took it slightly awkwardly. You bet, I'll keep it safe for you. Gatsu watched hawk-eyed as Sazanami was led through the hallway where the prisoners were kept. I didn't expect him to go, he admitted. It has been a long chase to catch him. I didn't point out that Sazanami had hardly been caught at all. He looked thoughtful, and I wondered if he was considering the likelihood we were telling the truth about the true criminal. At this stage, his opinion didn't really matter. Yes, I repeated, to the police officer who had taken the other prisoners, for about the tenth time. We require information from Gosun Kugi about a crime committed in the land of tea. We will need to question him. I can't allow that, the sheriff said. There is no access to prisoners without authorization. I have the authorization of the village hidden in the leaves, I corrected, as a representative of the land of fire as granted by the daimyo. I wasn't 100% sure that Land of Fire had a treaty with this place as to that effect, but... I'm a ninja was generally a pretty strong statement. Officially, ninja were representatives of their country of origin in a whole lot of ways. We were military, and we interacted with legislative branches in actual legally obligated ways. Granted, ninja tended to bend legal as far as it could go without breaking, if they didn't circumvent it altogether, but there was some official power behind it. We weren't always just renegades that ran around doing whatever we felt like. He still seemed doubtful. I showed him my headband and ninja registration card. I'll have to inform the chief, he said at last, which was at least progress. Even my patience was starting to wear a little thin. Naruto was starting to fidget. Maybe you can take Sai to scout the town, I suggested. See if there's anything going on. Maybe pick up some breakfast? We'd traveled all night, and it didn't look like we were going to be done here anytime soon. We'd done worse than skip a meal in the past, but there wasn't any need to push ourselves. Naruto nodded thoughtfully. Okay, you stay here with Gatsu and sort this out. We'll make sure that nothing else is happening. I still wasn't confident in sending them away together, because time was ticking down if Sai was going to try something. I still had no idea what that might be. Keep an eye on each other, I suggested, trying to smile like it was a light-hearted admonishment. Naruto could take Sai if it came to an out-and-out -out fight, but Sai would be a fool to make it one. I sank back into the visitor chairs to wait. 
Gatsu was leaning against the wall like an intimidating block of muscle and seemed disinclined to talk. Maybe we'd made a mistake handing Gosun Kuji in before we'd questioned him. It wouldn't have been that much harder to wait until he woke up and then give him to the police. But I was a little leery about doing it that way. All on our own, there were a lot of paths that we could have taken to get a man to talk. I didn't think Naruto would have allowed it, but how hard would it have been to send him away for half an hour until we had the information we needed? No, definitely not. This would be done properly, legally, and ethically. So you're the ninja from Iwa, the police chief said briskly, stopping to a halt in front of me. He was a tall man, wide-shouldered, and wore his uniform with crisp practicality. There were streaks of gray in his hair and wrinkles in the corners of his eyes, but he was not frail. I straightened. There was a spark of intelligence in his eye that made me think the question itself was a trap. He wasn't a ninja, not unless he was good enough to completely present his chakra as civilian, but he clearly wasn't as unknowledgeable as the rest of the station. Konoha, I corrected with a smile. I pulled the coat of my sleeve until he could see the village symbol on the headband there. Gosun Kugi has also committed crimes to the south of here, so we were dispatched to arrest him. And you want to interrogate him, he said bluntly. I tilted my head slightly. Yes, I agreed, because we had to call a spade a spade. We need to know where the item he stole is located. Also, there is another crime that is of interest to us. Several years ago, Gosun Kugi murdered a family of three and framed our friend Tokichi for it. I'd rather like that matter to be settled. His lips pulled down in a tight frown. If that is the truth, he prevaricated. Yes, I agreed, since he seemed at least willing to consider the whole matter. Good that this wasn't the type of police that would consider any conviction better than none. Sazanami would have been in trouble if that were the case, but he probably knew the attitudes of the law here reasonably well and would hardly have surrendered if justice was completely off the table. I hoped. I will allow you to ask your questions, the chief began, under certain conditions. At no point will you be alone with the prisoner. At no point will the prisoner be harmed. You have no authority to make plea bargains. You have no authority to sentence the prisoner. At any point, the interrogation may be cancelled. I considered it. That cut out several options. Some of them I was glad to see go, but still left some fairly wide margins around the edge. I accept, I said, and hoped I knew what the hell I was doing. Surely they had someone here whose job it was to ask prisoners questions. They had to investigate all these crimes. Except that might take weeks, and Tsunade would not be impressed with us in that case. Nothing for it but to try. Maybe I should have kept Naruto here to shout at him. That generally seemed to get people to spill. Very well, the police chief nodded. I hope you are prepared. Gosun Kugi has already been questioned and has been uncooperative. Follow me. I fell into step, feeling a flash of wry amusement at the new information. Not only was Gosun Kugi awake already, but they'd already started questioning him and they hadn't said, Well played. I felt Gatsu push off the wall and follow us as well. Well, whatever. If he wanted to loom menacingly, I wasn't going to complain. The room that the chief led us to was plain. There was a single table with Gosun Kugi seated on one side. His hands were shackled and resting on the table, 
but didn't appear tied down. There were two chairs opposite him. I paused in the doorway for a moment, observing, before choosing to sit down directly opposite him. I need to make him want to talk. I braced my elbows on the table and laced my fingers together. Gosun Kugi had been stripped of the rich, almost formal clothes he had been wearing before, and was dressed in simple prison overall. His hair was mussed, but there were still smudges of dirt across his face, and he looked deeply disgruntled. But not afraid. He looked like a man that was confident that he was going to get out of this. His eyes flickered to the police chief, who sat down beside me, and to Gatsu, looming behind us. This was a case where our quick combat worked against us. Gosun Kugi didn't understand enough to be afraid of the real threat. It had happened too fast. He might not even know how he had gone from yelling at Naruto to the police station. Despite the fact that there was no possibility of combat, and if there was, I would hardly be threatened. My mind was combat clear. I was aware of everyone in the room. I was aware of every potential weapon in the room, however bare it was. I was aware of every shadow. We were all sitting around the same table. The light was coming down from above. I couldn't have created a better trap if I had planned it. I could certainly use this. Okay, let's do this. Firstly, I tried something that I had never consciously done before. I gathered my chakra and spread it through the air with a shiver of killing intent. Sweat broke out on Gosun Kugi's forehead. I'll kill you. I thought experimentally. It felt... flat. Empty. How could I work up the passion of a fight over this? I wasn't afraid. I wasn't desperate. I didn't need to. Yet... Yet the most terrifying killing intent I had ever felt had not been at Zabuza's feet. It had not even been the wild, uncontrolled bloodlust of Gata. No. Terror had been Itachi and his sense of duty willing to go so far for so little. Terror had been Orochimaru's dispassionate, cool gaze, the blinding, rising tide of it, swallowing everything. It had been his cold, reptilian gaze that could kill you, and simply... not notice. I could kill you, I thought, and layered it into my chakra, if I needed to. And it would not be because I enjoyed it, or because I wanted to. It would simply be because you were in my way. I felt distanced from myself, almost as if I had gone to shadow. Gosun Kugi, I said coolly, you're going to answer my questions. He swallowed nervously. His eyes were wide, pupils blown out with fear. There was a slight tremor to him, shaking the chains on his handcuffs with a metallic clacking noise. I don't know what you're talking about, he bluffed. I'm an innocent man. Officer, I was attacked by by a young ruffian while I was on my way to visit this lovely town. You should invest more heavily into controlling the rabble. My brow creased slightly. That wasn't good. Stage two, then. I channeled some chakra into my shadow. It swelled beneath the table, spreading out to envelop all within it. I latched onto Gosun Kugi's shadow. He shuddered. The shaking stopped as he was immobilized, but his eyes started to roll. He was almost panting with fear. I paused. That was a reaction greater than what I was going for. I had been going to use the you-can't-even-control-your-own-body as an intimidation tactic, certainly, but this was... Oh. Shadow possession was a spiritual connection. 
We used that to control the body, but right now, I was emitting killing intent, and it was going straight from my chakra to his. It no longer relied on him sensing it from the air around him. Well, I could work with this. I pulled on my shadow like I was meditating, laying in on thicker and darker. Ghost and Kugi, I repeated. You're going to answer my questions. Can I speak with Sazanami as well? I asked as we exited the interrogation room. Gosunkuki had been mostly cooperative, shrill and terrified though he was. I wasn't entirely sure how I felt about that, but I had the information I was after, and he had confessed to more than just framing Tokichi. I didn't think he would be seeing daylight for a very long time. The police chief gave me a wary look. Do you have questions for him as well? He asked a little dryly. He and Gatsu hadn't felt the extra boost of the shadow possession, but I wasn't exactly expert enough at killing intent to direct it solely at one person. They'd probably caught a bit of that, though neither of them looked like they were badly off. Actually, out of the two, Gatsu looked worse off. I was absolutely certain that the police chief had had dealings with Ninja before. No, I said. He's a friend. I just wanted to let him know that Gosun Kugi had confessed. I gave him a friendly smile. I felt cold and distant inside, so it was a little difficult, but I put effort into it until it felt natural. It didn't seem like he bought it, not truly, but he called one of the other officers over to escort me. Even better, I thought. It would have been tricky to have this conversation under his watchful eye. Easy to dismiss him as civilian simply because he wasn't a ninja. But that didn't mean he was lesser. Shikako, Sazanami greeted politely. Like Gosunkuki, he was cuffed and wearing a uniform, but his confidence was of a different sort. A little more nervous, a little more hopeful. I smiled at him, sliding into the seat. Good news, I said. The police have his confection, and the police chief is going to take care of all the paperwork. They might keep you for a few days to clean up the loose ends and do a bit more investigating, but it looks like you'll be a free man soon. Hopefully, not much more than a few days anyway. That was very fast for a legal process, so I thought it was a little optimistic personally. Then again, maybe the chief just really, really wanted to get rid of us ninja. Sazanami slumped in his chair. Oh, he said, sounding dazed. That's funny. I thought it would feel different. I regarded him carefully. You thought it would feel like before, I guess. He chuckled. I guess it sounds silly when you put it like that. It's not like the truth would make the last few years just vanish. It doesn't change what's already happened, I agreed. No, it doesn't, Sazanami said. But it's over. Finally over. What are you going to do now? I asked curiously. Stay a bounty hunter? I don't know. I always thought that I would go back and start up as a swordsmith again. He looked pensive. But I don't hate this life. And I don't know if I could live in a town that once believed the worst of me with no cause or reason. Carefully, I dropped my hands beneath the table into my lap and folded them through a set of hand seals. 
the Genjutsu dropped lightly over the police officer beside me. To him, we merely kept talking in the same vein, light-hearted words between friends. You know, when we met in Station 1, you said that there were special ways to get information on bounties, I said leadingly. I don't know if I would say special ways, Sasanami said, but you have to know what you're doing. Newcomers are easy to spot in a lot of ways. What you guys did was a pretty classic mistake. He looked thoughtful. There is something, someone you're looking for, isn't there? I leant back in the chair, picking my words carefully. I had to be so, so careful here. This was important, but it couldn't sound it. Couldn't sound more meaningful than, we met yesterday and maybe you can help me. Damn, this was a terrible idea. Yes. And no, I said. There is someone I'm looking for information on. Sazanami glanced at the police officer, who was looking a little bored and not reacting to our conversation. He can't hear us, I clarified. The conversation he can hear is filled with technical weapon terminology, more about the uses than the smithing. Sorry. Okay, so lighthearted in only a certain sense, but it was something we could both understand and be expected to know and probably a few levels of jargon higher than the poor officer could easily understand and remember. Try not to make any huge exaggerated movements or anything, though. It did cover sight as well, simply layering of what was already here with no differences. But the less I needed to change, the easier it was to keep going. Right. Of course you can't. Sazanami ran a hand through his hair. So you wanted me to keep an eye out at bounty offices. You found Ghost and Kubi pretty quickly without them. I hesitated. The man I'm talking about, I said carefully, is a very dangerous ninja who just also happens to be a bounty hunter. If you think about how easily we dealt with Ghost and Kubi, that's how easily this man could deal with us. The opponents he deals with have 10 million real bounties. That's a little out of my league, Sazanami said. I know, I admitted. I'm not asking you to do anything about him, just if you happen to notice that he had been around. It was also why I had waited until Gosunkugi had confessed to have this conversation. Sazanami was free. I didn't have anything to hold over him, because it would have been so, so easy to say, do this, or we might have an accident on the way out to jail, or we'll take him to Konoha and the truth will never come out. And that was stupid and short-term and awful. Cruel. It would have been cruel to blackmail someone into doing something so dangerous. Would have built resentment and turned Sazanami against me totally, even if he did what I needed him to. It sounded like something Danzo would do, and I didn't want to be that person. Someone like that must have done something pretty terrible, Sazanami said cautiously. He leant his elbows on the table. He looked... intrigued. I suppose that was good. Yes, I said. He's a criminal that even other ninja are scared of. And he works with a group made up of men that are the same or worse. Sazanami blinked. You know, I've never really considered the idea that ninja form gangs, too. I don't think I should be as surprised as I am. I smirked. Yeah, it's not something that the villages like to let happen. So when it does happen, it can be pretty bad. I put my hands on the table, palms flat. Look, I'm not asking you to do anything about them, 
I'm really, really not. I just wanted to know if there was a way to get information from bounty officers about them. Sazanami nodded slowly. I can keep an eye out, but I can't promise anything. Good, I said. That's really the best. I swallowed, aware that my palms were sweaty. I resisted the urge to rub them dry on my pants. The bounty hunter is called Kakuzu. The group is called Akatsuki. And neither of those are things you should name drop, ever. You should probably pretend I never told you them. I gave him a quick rundown on them. It wasn't like I had much to share, and even giving him the name was... iffy. I didn't doubt that Jiraiya probably knew it, but he hadn't told me. By rights, I shouldn't have even known it. If this worked out, then I could say I learned it from Sazanami. This is a terrible, terrible idea. Even the littlest piece of information would be helpful at this stage, I said. Where he was, the bounty he turned in, who he was with, anything. I'm not asking for deep secrets. If I do find something, Sazanami said cautiously, how do I tell you? I bit my lip, mind racing. I'll give you something before we go, I said vaguely, settling on an idea. But if you can't contact me, send it to Konoha, care of the Nara clan. I gave us a few more minutes and canceled the genjutsu. We'll come back and visit later, I said cheerily. Hopefully everything will be sorted by then. Even though the conversation was over and had gone well, my stomach was roiling with nerves. Now was the time for second-guessing myself while it was too late to do anything about it. We'd only known Sazanami for two days. We barely knew him at all. This was a lot of trust to put into someone. This was a dangerous situation to get someone involved in. This could go wrong in so, so many ways. So, so terrible. What are you doing? I paused just outside the police station, sensing Naruto and Sai on their way back. Gatsu had been waiting inside and had declined to come with us. I didn't know what he wanted. Maybe he was concerned about knowing the truth about Sazanami. Maybe he just liked police stations. Hey, Shikako! We got you some mochi! Naruto said cheerfully, passing me a tray. There were a few pieces missing. Well, I got it for Sai, but he doesn't like it. Thanks, I said dryly, but took it anyway. Not a fan of sweets, Sai? No, Sai said. He looked a little uncomfortable, but it was hard to tell. Fair enough, I shrugged. What do you like to eat, then? I popped a piece of mochi into my mouth. It was good. Sai considered the question with more weight than it probably deserved. But then again, I was asking him to declare a preference for something, so it might have been a big deal after all. Tofu, he said after a long pause. Moment, Tofu. Blah, Tofu, Naruto said immediately, then backpedaled. Well, in ramen, I guess it's okay. And if you like it, then that's okay too. I passed him some mochi. Did you see anything interesting while you were out? Naruto laughed awkwardly, holding Sazanami's sword closer to his side. What makes you say that? I chewed and raised an eyebrow at him. I hadn't meant anything by it, but that absolutely sounded like there was a story. I only put it down for a second, he protested, and we got it back, so it's fine. I looked at Sai. 
He said nothing. Well, the village didn't look like it was on fire. No one was screaming and running around in chaos. He was in possession of Sazanami's sword. Okay, I said. Why don't we go get some lunch then? Mochi is nice, but it's not real food. It was a festival, so there were lots of vendors out in full force, despite deciding on real food. We kind of just snacked on things as we went. The bell is up here, Naruto said, winding us through the streets. It's really big. Do you think it was actually used in the war? I eyed it. It was big. And gold. And loud. Maybe, I said. Because maybe someone used it for auditory genjutsu. Though all I really had was the vision of it dropping on someone's head, acne style. Maybe Minato's. You haven't heard about it? Naruto asked, sounding disappointed. So much faith in me, I thought wryly. Unfortunately, Konoha's war records tend to go, and then the yellow flash showed up and the fighting was over. Giant bells not included. Why is it important? Sai asked. Do you believe it is a weapon? He was staring at the bell, as though assessing its viability as a weapon of mass destruction. He didn't look particularly impressed says the man that fights with art. No, it just sounds awesome, Naruto said. Well, it wasn't like we had anything else to do all day. It could be fun to do a little bit of sightseeing. Maybe the shrines will have a history plaque, I suggested. We could check them out. Great idea, Naruto enthused. Let's go. There were some interesting things to be learned from the shrines and temples, and the festive atmosphere kept the whole thing fun even for Naruto, who normally wasn't one for academic outings. Eh? What's this? Naruto asked, staring up at the huge monolith in an isolated temple courtyard. The temple itself was on the outskirts of the village, and quiet even now. I half suspected it was closed, because it appeared fairly derelict, except that there was a monk sitting quietly on the cobblestones. The monk coughed. This is a memorial stone for all the shinobi that died defending the border. They're all names, I said, eyeing the hundreds of tiny kanji etched into the surface. There were so many. The grin dropped off Naruto's face to a look of solemnity. This place really was a battlefield, wasn't it? Hey, old man, can we buy some incense? We exchanged coins and lit the sticks at the altar. I went through the motions noticing that Sai was even stiffer and more awkward here. No, I didn't imagine he got much of a chance to visit temples. It wasn't that I really believed the incense would help the spirits of the dead, but it was a culturally significant action that conveyed respect, so it wasn't something I minded doing. I recognize that symbol, the old monk said to us. You're from the land of Phyla, aren't you? Why light incense for people that your country killed? What land do the dead belong to? I asked rhetorically. All people are the same in the end. Yeah, Naruto agreed. I don't know what people were fighting over back then, or why so many people died, but we're not enemies now. A person that gives his life defending others is someone that should be well-respected. Wisely spoken, the monk said and bowed. Welcome to the Saikon Temple. This place was a bustling temple many years ago, but it was damaged in the fighting and is now kept as a memorial. 
so derelict wasn't too far off. I looked at the damage in a new light. Some of it was caused by time and nature, certainly. But, yes, I could see things that could have come from Ninjutsu. There, charring. There, the ground split apart and cracked. There, in the wall. It almost looks like Rasengan, Naruto said, running his hand over the damage. The hole in the stone wall went all the way through, growing wider and wider, the edges of it carved like a drill. Hey, there's like an earth wall outside, he peered through the opening. It goes on for ages. It's impressive, I agreed. Naruto seemed more excited by the clear signs of battle here, but I found them almost eerie. A decade later, this was still here, even though there was no more fighting. Even though it was likely that all the people who had stood here, who had fought here, were already dead. We wandered out of the temple to the field, and I couldn't help but run my hand over the wall. It was pockmarked with damage, and there were the handles of rusted knives sticking out of it. It might have been raised to block those years and years ago. I could almost feel a ghost of chakra trapped within the metal of one, as though it had been imbued with an attack that had never truly dissipated. On a whim, I softened the rock and pulled the handle free, and blinked. That's a Hiraishin kunai. It was one thing to suspect that he'd been here, another to see proof that it couldn't have been anyone else. The kunai were distinctive, three-bladed, and even now, the wrapping on the handle was aged and dirty, but the seal was still plain to see. The flying thunder god seal. What was it Jiraiya had said? He created his own branch of sealing to make it work? This was... the utter pinnacle of sealing ability. I swallowed and looked around. Neither of the boys was nearby. I dropped the kunai into my leg pouch, feeling as though it were a hundred times heavier than a normal knife, as if I could feel the weight of its history and importance attached to the metal. I didn't expect that. Surely over the years, people would have come here, would have looked. But then, who cared for knives stuck in a wall of rock? Kunai weren't that expensive, and these were probably damaged beyond use anyway. Anyone who could easily remove them probably didn't care enough to try. If there had been loose Hiraishin kunai on the field, they'd probably been taken shortly after the battle. By either side. Ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. What even is this? What are the chances that I would find that here? This is pretty cool, right? Naruto said, beaming down at me from on top of the wall. I swallowed. Uh, amazing, I agreed. What do you think, Sai? Naruto called out, turning to look down the other side of the wall. With a shrug, I jumped up to stand beside him. There are a minimum of twelve different patterns of ninjutsu damage, Sai said. That excludes those ninja who fought with genjutsu or taijutsu, or did not leave lasting damage to the environment as a result of their battle. More than one ninja may have used the same jutsu, and a single ninja may have used more than one type of jutsu. After so long, it is impossible to gain more accurate information regarding the battle here. Naruto blinked, then grinned. That's so cool, Sai! You can tell all that just by looking at this place? He jumped down, landing lightly on the grass. If you would inform me of what you were looking for, I could be of more use, Sai said blandly, in a way that was completely unsubtle, and yet flew miles over Naruto's head, 
because he wasn't looking for anything at all. Fun, Naruto said. We're looking for fun. He laughed. I dropped to sit, legs dangling over the edge, and watched them with a smile. Then, glad they were occupied, I pulled out my notebook and started to work. I had something to make and not a lot of time to do it. Hey, Sazanami! Naruto shouted. You're outside! Do you want your sword back? Sazanami took it back solemnly. Thank you, he said, for your help. All of it. Naruto chuckled awkwardly and rubbed the back of his neck. Well, it was our mission to catch that guy, and it was no problem to help you at the same time. Besides, you're a cool guy, and you helped us out first. I don't think that really compares, Sazanami said, tipping his hat. But I thank you kindly all the same. Are they really letting you go already? I asked, mildly surprised. That was quick. I'm on bail, he said. Gatsu has agreed to ensure that I don't try and run. His lips quirked in a way that said he didn't intend to, but if he had, then that might not have been enough to stop him. Gatsu crossed his arms. Hmm. It's appalling to think that so much time and effort has been wasted on false accusations. These things should be properly investigated before a bounty is ever issued. I'm glad you feel that way, friend, Sazanami said. It makes my life easier. Then, we should return to Konoha, Sai said. Our mission is complete, correct? Yeah, I answered. I have the information we needed and the police know that Fire Country or Tea Country might want to extradite him, just in case. I shrugged. There isn't much else we need to do. Naruto nodded. It was nice to meet you guys. I hope we'll see each other again sometime. We turned to go, and I paused, as though I had just remembered something. Oh, Sazanami, I scrambled in my pocket, withdrawing a small packet with a decorative coin and a slip of paper that was usually a fortune reading. I brought you a good luck charm from the shrine. Stay out of trouble. The coin had been what sealed the idea in the end. Once upon a time, I'd been a huge fan of the Harry Potter series, and when they had needed to communicate a location to each other in secret, they had used a set of charmed coins to transmit that information unnoticeably. The sort of item you could be expected to carry, and that no one would look too closely at. This wasn't the first time I had tried to make that seal work, Linking two objects together wasn't so difficult in the end, but it was detectable, which was a problem for Ninja. The burst of chakra that activating it made counteracted the benefits of having a secret transmission method in the first place. And the more information you tried to transmit, the more the connection degraded, the more chakra it took, and the more likely it would collapse and fail. Hence, having a letter that would instantly transcribe itself on a duplicate sheet of paper was impossible. All this was currently completely irrelevant anyway, because Sazanami didn't use chakra. Having something that required him to activate with chakra just wouldn't have worked. Instead, I'd made the connection open and instructed him to inscribe the coordinates onto the side of the coin with blood, which would complete the seal and make it close. Hopefully. The open connection was more of a background hum than the spike of chakra that anyone would think to look for. Hopefully. And if anyone with skill was paying him that much attention, he was probably in trouble anyway. 
I like to think it was a good solution to the how-do-I-contact-you problem, even if it still had minor flaws. We didn't have to arrange a meeting time or location now. We could do it when he had some information. That was a good mission, Naruto said, tucking his hands behind his head. But I can't wait to go home and visit Ichiraku. I laughed. Well, let's get moving then. Are you the team from Konoha? The woman behind the counter of the diner asked in relief. Thank goodness you're here. Naruto and I traded looks. We'd stopped at the little crossroads in for an early lunch before making our way through the Kubisaki Pass and hadn't expected that sort of greeting at all. Um, I said awkwardly. We are a team from Konoha, but we weren't sent here. Did you hire a team? Something was niggling at me. Something was... off. Yes, the woman replied. Lady Kayo from the Land of Honey was supposed to be traveling through here with her retinue, but she never arrived, and we had no word that the trip had been cancelled. Something must have happened to her. The woman in front of us was middle-aged, dressed appropriately for an owner of a small family run alongside a pass that was infrequently used but not totally abandoned. It wasn't a major shipping route, but it was direct and not overtly difficult to cross. There was the chakra of a handful of civilians scattered upstairs, guests presumably, and another two in the kitchen behind the counter. No, one was a civilian, the other had ninja training. This is not our mission, Sai said to Naruto. That's awful, Naruto said, ignoring him completely. And no one has come looking for her yet? No, the woman said a little fretfully. We sent the message bird days ago. Someone should have been here by now. You keep a message bird here? I asked curiously. That was actually starting to make more sense. The lady had recognized us as ninja, no question, which didn't seem strange until you contrasted it to the attitudes we had just had to deal with in Land of Stone. She'd known how to hire ninja right away. Oh yes, she said. Well, maybe you should talk to... She turned to call out into the kitchen. Ami, dear, the ninja are here. The chakra in the kitchen moved. The face that came out was familiar. It was surprising, yet not. Ami, the girl who had clashed so frequently with Ino, Sakura, and I at Konoha Academy. She had passed the graduation exam, but if only our three teams had made it into the general forces, well... It had never occurred to me to wonder what she was doing now. Oh, she said, lukewarm. Chicago, Naruto. Her eyes flickered over Naruto's tuning vest. Ami, I said politely. So you're working here now? Yes, she said, without elaboration. It was probably for the best. I could fill in myself why a genin was posted somewhere like this with a message bird. Lost princesses notwithstanding. It probably wasn't a bad assignment for a first-year Genin Corps. It did imply a certain degree of skill, trust, and autonomy, even if it wasn't terribly exciting. But it likely didn't make her too happy to see us. We left our orders for food, and Ami slipped out to sit at the table with us and fill us in on what had happened. Her report was pretty good, clear and concise, 
even if there weren't that many more details in general. The team is probably checking the route out to see what ha where she was last seen and following it from there, I said, studying the map. I could see a couple of hazards that could cause problems to a traveling group. It makes more sense than coming out here and working backwards. There have been a couple of rumors about strange things happening at the old Kubisaki castle, Ami confessed. Nothing concrete, just my brother had a friend who he once saw kind of stuff. What kind of things? Naruto asked. Ami shrugged. Strange noises, lights on the inside of the castle, people getting lost. People vanishing? I asked, quirking an eyebrow. Nothing concrete, Ami repeated. But a lot of people travel through without anyone knowing they're coming. So how can you tell if they never arrive? Naruto shivered. Creepy. I hope it's not ghosts. Well, I said meaningfully, we're going that way anyway. We're going to help them, aren't we? Sai said, sounding resigned. He learned so quickly. Naruto nodded firmly. Great idea, Sai. That's exactly what we're going to do.